Call America is a history podcast about what makes America great. I'm Carl Joseph Black, a Brooklyn native born into the cult. And I'm Lisa Charlotte, an Australian migrant who totally bought into it from afar. Each episode, we unpack the American way of life from an outsider's perspective, from the Pledge of Allegiance to American exceptionalism and more. We'll dive into the history and share our personal experiences, along with discussion of some actual cults along the way. Listen to Cult America on a Three Springs Media Network, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When discussing horror, few have had as big of an impact on the genre as H.P. Lovecraft. Known for his books such as The Mountains of Madness, The Call of Cthulhu, and many more, Lovecraft popularized what has been coined as cosmic horror. He once said the oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear, and the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown. This is a core driving force of his work and many of those inspired by him. Lovecraftian horror is often very nihilistic, where the threat is far bigger than human comprehension. In the end, we are just a footnote of something much larger. This week, we watched the films The Void, Color Out of Space, and the television show Lovecraft Country. We will discuss their themes and our thoughts on them in depth as we discuss what makes them Lovecraftian-inspired works. This week, we decided to watch two movies, and then we're also talking about the TV show Lovecraft Country, which we're actually doing mini-episodes on for each episode of the season. Um, the two movies that we decided to watch were The Void and Color of Space. Um, do you want to start with any particular movie or would you... Yeah, how about we start with The Void? Okay, so I'm going to read a quick description of The Void. Um, so The Void is a 2016 Canadian supernatural horror film written and directed by Steve Kosnoski and Jeremy Gillespie. It is a... Plot follows a small group of people who become trapped in the hospital um, that is surrounded by um, occultists, and they also see a bunch of creatures, essentially. Um, so, overall, what were your thoughts of the film? Um, I thought The Void was enjoyable. Um, it kind of had a weird pacing where it was like it started off fast, got kind of slow in the middle, picked up a little bit in the end, and then kind of fell off slow towards the end end and i enjoyed the movie um it's not one of my favorites it's not one of the worst it's just a decent made film that had problems yeah i agree i think that i had like similar issues with the next movie we we're going to discuss and the void which is to me i feel like the characters weren't developed enough yeah, um and then characters made dumb decisions which Whenever a character makes a dumb decision, I'm always kind of like, I feel just a tad bit less sympathy for you than I normally would. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I think that it was interesting in that the like the creature aspect of it, especially the fact that they use like some practical effects and stuff. But overall, I think it was like a, a, a okay movie. Like I wouldn't go back and watch it again, especially if I'm thinking of like body horror or like creature that kind of takes over a human or something like that i go to something like the thing or even it reminded me in some aspects of alien and those are better movies you know what i mean like the characters are interesting the 
story is more interesting than I feel this one was. And I feel like they were trying to get that emotional response out of you and with certain plot lines that they had, but it just didn't feel developed enough for me to care as much as I'm supposed to. Like, so it's like, I'm not sitting here watching it, hating every minute of it. Like I have with some movies, but I'm also not thinking to myself, this is a movie I would go back to. This is like in a really good horror movie. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree with you with that. Um, I think that it's a decent horror film, but it's not one that you're going to want to go back and watch multiple times. I know that when I was looking up the best Lovecraftian-inspired horror films, this is one of the ones that people like the most. Because I do think that as a film that is like a Lovecraftian horror film, it touches on a lot of the themes that people who like his work tend to like, mm-hmm. which is kind of like that nihilistic, um, no matter what you try to do, the situation is hopeless. Because it's like, in this situation, there was no getting out for the um, people involved. It was kind of just like... But you have... Uh, spoiler? No, you can, we can spoil Okay. Um, you have two characters... Who survive. Who survive like, in the end. We, but it's like, they serve... But they're not the protagonist either. That's true. It's like, they survive, but at what cost do they survive? And do we know that they're going to even really get out of this situation? I think the fact of... But, makes Lovecraftian movies different is that it's like not just about like physically being murdered or whatever but also the psychological impact that it has on you after the effect and I think that we pretty much are assuming that the characters are psychologically damaged beyond repair after this whole ordeal I normally assume that about any horror movie <laughs> yeah where there's survivors um especially like a creature kind of movie like yeah. this one was but a movie like say Jason it's not really about the psychological impact of what the happened event. it's more so mm-hmm. about the physical murder and stuff like yeah, that. yeah but i feel like this one kind of leaned a lot into that so yeah. again like the next one we're going to discuss was a bit slower and a bit more i felt leaned into maybe the psychological aspect of it and this one did i feel like this one could have focused a little bit more on that because there's a couple of scenes that focus on these two characters and i guess it's supposed to be giving you backstory but they didn't endear you to these characters at all yeah. so when you get that backstory i'm like at a point where it's like I don't really care because I don't yeah. know these characters enough and I understand that you can like give characters backstories and plot lines in ways that aren't in your face but I feel like you have to also have to have some sort of attachment to the character for that emotional resonance to work on you and they don't give you that because it seems like from as soon as you get into the hospital setting so it starts somewhere else and then it goes into the hospital as soon as you get into that setting, it seems like there's just a lot going on in terms of like yelling and who's trying to get a gun and who's doing this and shooting and, you know, weird things happening. So in that, in the midst of all of that, you never really get to know the characters well enough for you to feel yeah. like, okay, you know that they're going to have nightmares after this. You know that it's going to be, it's horrific what's happening to them, but it doesn't feel like you have any attachment to them as to characters. The characters. Mm-hmm. No, I do agree with that. We didn't really get to know them that much. They tried to their best to make them some attachment, like with them losing a child and the, um, what's the, I don't remember their names. That's just another problem with it. The, um, kid that couldn't talk because he like got stabbed in the neck or something. They tried to be like, Oh, his parents are murdered, but there was really no moments of like, you really getting to know the characters. I do think that it, like like I said earlier, I think as a Lovecraftian horror, it does touch on a lot of the themes mm-hmm. that make these movies enjoyable. 
partic- but I do think that this one was a little bit too occultish compared to what a lot of his works are, which tends to be more like aliens and sci-fi and stuff like that. I mean, this had, I guess, that alien aspect to it, but it yeah. leaned into the occultish because yeah. the doctor was using the occult. But to... did they have aliens? I don't remember. Was remember, they ended up in the void, and the void was. But yeah, not but it felt like that was more the... like from like magic or something that the doctor was doing. I, I assumed it was like. I don't know if it was alien, but it was clearly not of this realm. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, it might like, be like... Even the way he looked. Yeah. Where he almost looked like a demon or something. Yeah, I think that it could have been like one of those situations where it's like, oh, it's so beyond human understanding that it might seem magic, but it's really just like aliens mm-hmm. using their... um, whatever I don't want to say their power, their alien technology to mess with humans, I guess. Or this doctor got hold of alien technology, so now they went to their world or dimension. That's what probably that little... Black Void triangle. triangle was was probably an alien spaceship or something. Yeah, I think the one the one thing that well the emotional thread that sat with me the most was the doctor and his daughter plotline. And the only reason I say that is because it made me think of Colors Out of Space, which again we're gonna get into a little bit later. But the fact that he's trying to bring his daughter back and he has no regard for what. Her life will be, yeah, because she's not going to come back as, as a, human. a human. She's coming back as some sort of creature. It's very young, um, alchemist. Yeah, and it's like you're not, you're thinking of this in a purely selfish way, and it's you know horrible to lose a child. But what are you putting your daughter through by trying to bring her back like, as is it not worth a human? Bringing her back, yeah, if she's going to be in this state forever. It's actually something I want to touch on in the next film we talk about, which can be Where, a lot like, of space. What is with um. You want to start getting into color out of space now? Yeah, I guess. Well, I guess the question we could bring up, since we're about to talk about colors out of space, is yeah. what, at what point is life still worth yeah. living versus? Because um, let's do a quick summary of color out of space if you have one up. Okay, so color out of space is a 2019 American science fiction body horror written, um, film directed and co-written by Richard Stanley. Based on the short story, The Color Out of Space by H.P. Lovecraft, it stars Nicolas Cage, Jolie Richardson, Madeline Arthur, and Tommy Chung, and um, essentially a thing comes from outer space and messes with a family. <laughs> yeah, basically it's um, the alien space, not spacecraft, alien meteorite comes from outer space, and I guess it its effects impacts the way the family like starts to think psychologically but also affects space time so days start to blend together and people lose track of time and it changes the environment around them and yeah overall i really enjoyed the movie like i know it wasn't my favorite film again it was just a really good movie like if i was i don't like doing rating skills but it was above an eight to me if i had to rate it uh, I'd put it at like a smooth five. <laughs> um, I didn't personally enjoy it that much. And I know we've talked about this while we were watching it, um, about the the concept of a slower horror movie, which I am not against. I, you know, I like Midsommar. I like a lot of slower horror movies. But to me, I feel like a big aspect of that, again, is caring about the characters, caring about the relationship, caring about what's happening to them. I feel like when you don't get that, yeah. It makes that slower horror pace not as effective to you. Yeah. Um, and that's what happened for me with this. Like, 
you know, you get a little bit of them, but I feel like you don't get enough of them. And the one you get the most of is the father. And you don't like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say I don't like him, but he's not my favorite actor. You're not a fan of um, his work. No, I'm not a fan of his work. So a lot of the what was happening to him, I didn't really care. I mean, you could tell he was going crazy, but I feel like his crazy is very, you know, over the top going crazy. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I prefer a more subtle style, but um. And then the daughter's supposed to be a witch, but that's never really touched upon. Like, is this, did she draw this, you know, to them by being witchy or whatever, but apparently she was trying to use a spell to help her mother with the disease or something. Um, So, yeah, I feel like those things, like the the brother who is the oldest brother, Mm -hmm. you don't really get a grasp of who he is on his own yeah the little brother you just see him with his little glasses that Doing you know horror film kid yeah. stuff like staring, staring at ghosts and talking to talking to the well yeah and i feel like it, that one that well i guess that kind of goes somewhere because i guess maybe the color was talking to him yeah um but you don't get anything beyond that because then you know what happens to him happens to him so yeah. yeah, I would say that what I enjoyed about it, like I could agree that it wasn't the most character-driven film, but I like the themes that it touches on, which again is like the fear of the unknown, which is a popular um, theme in a lot of Lovecraftian-inspired films, which is like something that just seems like a regular thing, like oh, a meteorite crashes, and it creates everything that like happens to them, like... um the them losing their mind or things just slowly un, unfolding like i like movies that unfold very slowly like my, one of my favorite horror films is um is hereditary which is a very slowly unfolding film that over time like you start to learn more and more and like it's not i don't want to call it a mystery story but it's like when things seem innocuous and then over time it starts to slowly become more than you think i really like films that do that and I feel that um, what this film did really well was that something so small and so minuscule turned into a like not just a big issue, but like it's out here changing time space continuum, which mm-hmm. is like massive. And the family is trying to like understand what's going on, but it's like how do you understand something that is like changing the time space continuum? Um, well, for me, I personally really enjoyed Hereditary. And I feel like Hereditary did. That movie had much better acting. So if it's yeah, like, acting is a problem in one movie, you're going to like Hereditary way more. Yeah. That, that film was good. I mean, really I don't acting. even think it was partially the acting, but it was also partially, I feel like, the writing too. It just didn't flesh them out enough. Yeah. Even the, what, um, the squatter. I feel like they introduce his character and then you don't really get to know much about him yeah. except for he's like I guess a kooky guy who lives in the woods but what like what else is there so I don't know and I, I think that it's an interesting concept and everything like the messing with the space-time continuum and um changing literally like the physiology of things because of a color because essentially that's what it was this color it came out of space and it um changed everything but i think that that to me isn't enough to carry 
a full movie, like a concept isn't enough for me. I need like the rest of it to I get match up. I guess the aspects of it that I like, like I agree with you that um, the characters really didn't, they weren't fleshed out. Like I said, it wasn't a superb film, but it was a I mean, good, you said it's above an eight. I feel like eight is decent though. I don't feel like eight is like, oh my God, this is amazing. I feel like eight is a movie that I eight enjoy. Eight is a B. Okay. I feel like it was, I would give it like a B minus. Okay. That's better. Like it was a film that I enjoyed and I enjoyed the concepts that it touched on. And while I do think that the characters could have been more fleshed out, I think it plays, a, I play, it plays, um, it can play an aspect in Lovecraftian horror films where humans are not the most important thing in the story. Like we are drivers of the story, but we're just here to experience the things that we don't understand and the things that bring and create the horror. So I think that you could look at it that way. Maybe I'm reaching, but I do think that it was um, overall an enjoyable film. Um, I know that something that it reminded me of, but I enjoyed this one more, was Annihilation. Um, just the concept of you're in a space that literally affects, you know, everything. Again, like you said, space and time, physiological stuff. Um, you can't contact in or out of it because you saw in Colorado Space that when they try to make phone calls, you just get like that static as opposed to actually being able to reach someone. Um, and then the only difference was that in Annihilation, obviously it expected a bigger um, range of space and it was also expanding. I think that in Colorado Space, it was more isolated to this one specific area. But I think there was a lot of similarities between the two films. Yeah, I mostly agree with you in that that um, Annihilation felt like a bigger film. Probably had a much bigger budget, too, so that could play a role in why. But it was the idea of that... Um, it goes back to the, like, we trying to understand something that we just can't understand, where it's like... I think it was a single alien in Annihilation, right? It was that one alien that came to Earth, and its mere being in existence created a change in, like, DNA of humans and trees and all these other things. And it's not like the alien was evil, it was just an alien. It is. It's yeah. just it's like if we walk down the street and we crunch in a bunch of bacteria, like the bacteria, we're evil to the bacteria. Mm-hmm. But to us, we're just living our lives. Yeah. So I feel like that's an aspect that I like about both um, Color of Outer Space and Annihilation is that there's really not like a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Void had a bad guy, yeah, which was a think, doctor. Mm-hmm. And I'm now I'm thinking about it, it's kind of a little bit different than what you usually see in like Lovecraftian horror films, like in um, Bird Box, which is another one that is... It's another one that is inspired by a lot of Lovecraftian work is that there's really not a bad guy. It's just like you look outside and then you go crazy. It's not like there's something with an evil intent or a villain that's really like, ooh, I'm coming after you. It's just the mere existence of things that you don't understand could drive humans crazy. And I think that is one thing I like about a lot of um, works that are inspired by Lovecraftian horror, which is also um, called cosmic horror by a lot of things, is that um, it's the idea that just things beyond our understanding are often scary. Not the intent of them or the um, things that they mean to do to us, but the fact that they exist and we're trying to make um, comprehension of them is what is, drives much of the, the mad the themes of the horror. Yeah, and again, that makes me go think back to the thing where you have an alien that's taking over human bodies and... Obviously, to us, that's evil because we don't want things to take over our bodies. But it's but just what they do. It's they're just aliens. what they do. It's in their nature. So yeah. it's not like they're w- there with an evil intent. 
doing that they're existing as they do yeah. which again is like a the difference between something like the void and colorado space yeah, where this thing didn't have an evil intent but it drove them insane because they're they couldn't comprehend it it's just like literally something that's out of the realm of human comprehension yeah exactly so therefore it messes with you another one that's similar is alien where the alien is not evil it's just an alien that's trapped on a spaceship with them mm -hmm. and i think they picked it up on the way from from their destination right like didn't the alien jump on the ship or something like no, that no no so what happened was humans doing what humans do they was messing around on some planet that was uncharted Somebody touched something, and then it jumped onto him, and then it was in his system, and then the, and the face original started. alien. Uh huh. Oh, it was already inside of him when the movie when started. They, no, no, they went onto the planet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I then it that. went into him, okay. and then he seemed fine. Um, and then you know he had a little chest baby, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that was the alien which grew up real fast. Okay. Um, yeah, I like a lot of those. Like Alien is one of my favorite horror films ever, and I like the I like horror films where it's like the villain doesn't really have an intent. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like. Just because they are them, that's what they do. Yeah. Like, I feel like another one that's really good is Jaws. Shark ain't evil. This is not really a Lovecraftian horror not film. Not at all. It would be more like an octopus with mind control powers if it was. But in Jaws, the shark isn't evil, but it's just a shark. And the mere existence of it being a shark threatens us. And that's what is the driving force of the horror in the film. Because I feel like when you give it an intent, it's sometimes like... I don't know, it just feels a little bit cheesy sometimes to me when the villain has an intent in specifically horror films. Mm -hmm. And that kind of just never clicks with me as a film watcher. Yeah, and I, before I, speaking of like uh, things and intent and stuff, I want to start getting into Lovecraft Country in a few. But before that, I want to ask about, we were talking in the, with the first movie about the idea of what what is like is it worth it to be alive when you are barely human or literally not human anymore because mm -hmm. like again when that doctor brought back his daughter she was you know he was like he was a humanoid kind of creature after he came back from the dead so he was yeah. no longer human but he had like arms and legs and intelligence and all those things yeah his daughter was literally like a blob essentially at that with, point yeah like tentacles coming out of her mouth is it worth living when you're a blob with tentacles coming out of your mouth? Um, or that's a deeper metaphysical question of like, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But is I'm, it worth living if you're like at that aspect? Because you could say the same thing for like if someone's a vegetable or if someone has like massive crippling um, disabilities. Is it worth living? But there was aspects of that film where it's like, how do you say it? It's like. And both of them, it's like, these people were so deformed. Like, in one, yeah, I was the about to get woman was the... um, fused with her son. Like, her son is living out of her back, and she's sitting there, could barely walk and drink water. And then in the other, it's, um, what was it again? The guy's daughter was born, but she was just a straight-up monster. Mm -hmm. So it's like, is it worth living like that? But then again, we don't know how they feel. Like, if you were born like that, it's different, because that's all you know. It's like, um... Yeah, if you're born like that, it's all you know. But if you become like that, that's where the horror comes in. It's like, this is a new experience that is so different than what you're used to, that it could just, that alone could be very traumatizing. And I think, especially for, for, the, <clears throat> for the void, 
the daughter was dead and he yeah. brought her back to life. So, you know, you don't know what happened when she was out. And you don't even know if that was really his daughter. It could be that he thinks it's his daughter and, you know, you don't really know. Um, but with color out of space, this woman was literally holding her child and now he is living out of her back and his yeah. arm is coming out of her chest and she has, you know, like, yeah, arms coming out of her chest and her back and he doesn't have a body anymore. So they're literally fused together to the point where I don't think she could sit up without hurting him or yeah, exactly. he can't do anything and he could barely speak. And I think that she had wanted to die. I think it seemed like she was saying like, you know, kill me or something. Kill me. And the husband couldn't. And that led to her becoming even more deformed to the point where she was actually a monster yeah. trying to harm her daughter. But it's kind of like to them, they couldn't, or the husband, he couldn't harm her because until later on, because then he was fully mm-hmm. going um, crazy. crazy. Yeah. But before then, before he got to that final stage, he couldn't harm her because that was still his wife and that was still his kid yeah. on the back. Although I felt away because they kept ignoring the kid. They kept being like, I love you, mom. Yeah, I love that you, kid honey. Was, and the kid is like, the kid. eh. And they're just like pretending he's not there anymore. Yeah, I don't think they ever give the kid a hug. I know. I'm like, can you can you please? He's like six. He's still there. No, they did the um, kid there. And they just ignored him. But yeah, so I think that's like an interesting thing to think about is like, at what point, I guess, is it not worth it, you yeah. know, anymore? Because you're so, you're literally like, again, you're fused together with your son living out of your back. Yeah. You can't no, speak and you can't sit up or you're reborn into a body that's not yours. And yeah. I think that's like an interesting concept because we're so used to seeing humans a certain way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like when you see it presented a different way. Yeah. No, both films have really good, um, like monster designs. I know they're not monsters, but like the woman fused with her son, that was a really good, like, face-off level costume design kind of mm-hmm. thing where it's like like um and then um the void the i feel like almost every creature that they designed was really well designed so i know lovecraft is also very well known for his designs like a lot of tentacles and deformed almost human lawyer looking things it's like um what do they call it it's the um uncanny valley where it's like it's quite it's human enough where you recognize it but stuff are still off to the point where it just it just throws off your senses, and I feel like both films do that really well. Yeah. So yeah, the last um, it's not a film, but it's two episodes of a TV show that we watched was Lovecraft Country. Uh, could you give a quick synopsis to that? I don't know if they have a synopsis for the two episodes, but we might just do a overall series synopsis. Yeah. So Atticus Freeman, it well Lovecraft Country follows Atticus Freeman. As he meets up with his friend Letitia and his uncle George who embark on a road trip across 1950s Jim Crow America in search of his missing father. This begins a struggle to survive and overcome both the racist terrors of white America and the terrifying, terrifying monsters that could be ripped from a Lovecraft paperback. Um, what do you think of the first episode so far? Um, we did two reviews in the first two episodes, so everyone knows I really like it a lot. Um, as far as... I feel like it's more like a breakdown of Lovecraft and his work more so than a Lovecraftian horror show, if that makes sense. Like it, the, the um, a lot of his works and his his um writing style drive the show, but it doesn't really feel like the other two shows that we watch where it's like directly oh, the inspired. Uh-huh. The other two movies that we watch where it's like 
directly inspired by him. Because they they reference him in the show like as a person. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, this is where he's from. Oh, he was super racist. This is uh And I feel like um that is what makes it interesting because it's almost like a um like a deconstruction of him and his work. So you have like the cults and you have other like mythical like the monsters and stuff, but it's kind of self-referential in a way. So I think that's one of the aspects I enjoy about it as it goes as far as um the theme that we're going with this week. Like as a show, it's been perfect the last two episodes. If you haven't heard our last two um episodes, you can listen to them. And yeah, I think it's a really good show. And as a work, I want to see how they continue to break down the themes that Lovecraft played with because the I'm sure the writer of this this book read all of his books because Atticus in the book, I mean in the show is a big fan of the author Lovecraft. So I'm sure that the writer who wrote it is a huge fan as well. So I want to see like from the perspective of someone who's probably in love with his work, how do they interpret it through their own mind basically? Yeah. Um I I think that well, again, I think it's a little bit different than obviously the other two things we watch cuz as you mentioned, um Lovecraft is he exists in this world as whereas in the other ones he doesn't. So um I think that it does draw inspiration with the creatures and everything or the horror that they do face. I think another thing is, though, you had mentioned that in a lot of the stuff that the bad guy maybe doesn't know that they're a bad guy, um, like the creature, like the color or whatever. They don't necessarily know that they're bad guys in this world or in the world of Colorado space um, versus in Lovecraft Country where you have a creature that maybe doesn't know it's bad, but you have racists who, yeah. I mean, I don't know if they don't think they're bad or what, but they're clearly the villains of the story. So it's like, yeah. okay, not only are they dealing with these Lovecraftian monsters, they're also dealing with people who were probably just like Lovecraft himself. Yeah. Which I think makes it more interesting well, the because... similar views as he might have. Yeah, like they mentioned a poem that he wrote, which I'm going to mention... Um, what was it called? Do you remember? Mm-hmm. So the poem was called On the Creation of Niggers, which just tells you, you know, what kind of person he might have been. And, you know, you can give him credit for the work that he created and the fact that he influenced so many people um, going on down the line of and everything. But I think I like the show because it addresses the fact that he I'm, was... I'm reading the poem as we speak. It's bad. You want to read part of it? <laughs> I want to read this on here. Um, the fact that he was a racist, but you can, again, give credit for, I guess, some of the work or the fact that he influenced a lot of people going on. And again, I think that's what the TV show does well because you can see that it's drawing inspiration from that cosmic horror of his, but also saying we can't fully praise this man because, again, he was racist. Yeah, it brings up a, um, a topic of are you able to separate the art from, from the, the artist? artist? Mm-hmm. And I think that the show brings that up a lot as well because they often, like I said, they reference his work. The man who was um, Atticus is a big fan of his, but he also knows about 
um, Lovecraft's racist past. So it's like, no matter how you slice it, this man has a big impact on what horror is today. But can you separate his art and his impact from who he was as a person? Because he literally had like a monster in one of his films was basically called Nigger. Like I just looked it up and it's called Shove Niggeroth. Like that's one of the monsters in his yeah. books. So it's like, how do you separate? Like if you're reading a Lovecraft book, you're a young black man. And then you come across <laughs> that. It's like, sheesh, I'm basically a monster. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do you separate that from him or his work from him when he is so deeply entwined in his work? Mm-hmm. Because he was a troubled guy. So it's obvious that a lot of his work is about psychological horror and other stuff like that. And you could kind of like, I think that's more the stuff that um, has an impact today. Yeah. More so than a racism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the racism is still there. Yeah. So it's a tough balance to, um, it's a tough thing to try to balance. Yeah. And I think that um, many of the works that are inspired by him don't touch on the racism. And one thing I do like about Lovecraft Country is that it touches on that. Mm-hmm. Because many people don't like to bring that up when they're a fan of his. Yeah. And I think that, what you were talking about just reminded me of like, you know, the racism and everything. I was watching a movie a couple, maybe last month called, um, I believe it was his girl Friday. And out of nowhere, they say something about it. Pickaninny, which is like a racist term. And I'm like, dang, you know, you're trying to watch something from like the 1940s or the 1950s. And you don't know when you're just going to see like casual racism or casual sexism or casual abuse. And it's like, how do you, I guess, come to terms with the fact that that was so normalized then? And I'm not saying what, you know, Lovecraft seemed like he was racist to another extent if you write in poems. Like when no, he was but writing, this is or, the, 19, the early 1900s, so it wasn't like, he wasn't special for how racist true, he was. That's true, you right. Everybody you're was right. super racist back, not everybody, but a lot, a lot of, people of people were super, were super racist, racist, specifically a lot of white, well-off white men. Mm-hmm. Even like poor white men. Everyone was just super racist back then. Yeah, everyone's super racist now. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, well, not everyone. Some people. Um, yeah, it was pretty bad in his time. And, I mean, you could be a product of your time, but that doesn't mean you have to be forgiven for your actions. And I think that is how I would approach his work is like, yeah, okay, you were a white man back in the 1930s or 19, before that, in the 1920s, 15s, blah, blah, blah. And you were super racist. But you also created a really well-written work. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean we have to forgive you for who you are just because you were talented, but we yeah. can still appreciate and take from your work because you were talented. Especially the fact that, again, he inspired so many others going forward. You yeah. could appreciate the inspiration that he was able to give them. and But you just have to come to terms with the fact of the man that he was. Um so that's pretty much a wrap for the movies. Is there anything else you want to get into before we end? Yeah, so I'll ask you, what do you think about the the similar themes that you saw in the movies that we watched this week? Um, again, I think for me, two of the biggest themes were the idea of a human being changed into something other and at what point do you because even in Lovecraft Country you had like a vampire-esque creature but not only were they vampire-esque they weren't like you know twilight vampires or anything like that or even Dracula where you kind of stay human-ish it literally changes your form so it becomes at what point do you stay yourself 
and do you cha- or do you change into another creature and do you still treat that person like they're human or are they other now? And I think that was a big theme. So I think that I think that's an interesting theme to explore. And I think watching movies like that are interesting too. Um, again, I bring up the thing because that's essentially what that is. Um, or another one again, like you mentioned, the idea of something that isn't necessarily there to harm you, but that's what it causes you. Um, so you have a villain that's not really a villain because they're not doing this on purpose. It's just, it's existence. And I think that it's interesting because it goes in deeper into, I guess, human psychology, because that's really what ends up messing with is your mind. And that's what, um, I like, I prefer, I think, again, like you said, that's what I liked about the movies, if I had anything, was the the villains. Like, one thing I liked about Colorado Space more is the fact that it didn't have, you know, a maniacal bad guy that's trying to cause this harm on purpose. Because in The Void, you had the cult and the doctor and all that stuff. But in Colorado Space, it was literally, again, a color that just drove these people yeah mad and it's like does that that this does this exist with the in you already is another thing that i think is an interesting thought because the daughter she was carving you know symbols into herself and you assume that she started carving symbols into herself because of the color or whatever it was that was messing with them but she already knew that she was a practicing occult member or practicing witch beforehand so would she have done that if that didn't already exist within her? Would the dad have gone mad if that wasn't something that was within him already? Or was it because of this that it drove them to that point where they could get there, but that existed within you already? Does that make sense? No, I get what you're saying. It's kind of like, does this thing just bring out your true inner nature? Yeah. Or is it creating your Mm -hmm. new nature, basically? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree that um, that's a theme that makes a lot of his work very interesting. It's um, a theme that you see a lot in a lot of psychological horror films. It's like, are we the real monsters? Mm-hmm. And that's something that um, you see in a lot of his work. I think that um, one of my favorite themes, like you said, is the, the um, amoral villains. Because I like amoral villains a lot. Like It's like they're not here to be evil. And then... Something you get with a lot of zombie films is like, oh, we're the true monsters again. And you start to realize that human nature is deeply flawed. And that's what I think a lot of um, works that are inspired by him shows is that our nature is deeply flawed and that much of what the horror that the things that scares us is due to our inability to like understand or faults in our like biological makeup, like mm-hmm. um, or us trying to put our basic level of understanding onto things that are far more complex than it is. I'll go back to Annihilation as like, this monster wasn't evil or anything, but its mere existence was causing us harm. Mm-hmm. And by default, we felt that we had to like destroy it or attack it. Mm-hmm. Another one that is, um, I would say is lightly inspired by him, not fully. It's another cosmic horror, kind, not a cosmic horror, but it's a cosmic inspired film, which is... um. A movie like Arrival, where like these aliens aren't evil, but the humans in the end didn't they want to blow them up or something like that? 
I think they like, were trying to figure out, yeah, they didn't know what to do with the aliens. Yeah. And it's I think like, that was like the last resort is like, we don't know, are they here to harm us or help us? And in the end, they were there to help, but they didn't know that. So human nature defaulted yeah, because to... because we couldn't communicate with them. So we assumed, oh, we can't communicate, so we have to attack them. Mm-hmm. And the aliens are like, no, nah, you don't got to attack us. We're here to share we're knowledge. We're here to share knowledge with you, and we're trying to do our best to like hold y'all down. Mm-hmm. But because of our small human understanding we felt that we had to attack them and they were evil by default which is ironic because lovecraft himself did that to us like oh i don't fully like he was just racist to us i guess because he didn't fully understand us i don't don't know yeah and Um, it's like a lot of his work is like it's always about humans not fully understanding but in the end he didn't fully he did, understand. Yeah, so he then did he the just same put, thing. Yeah, he put that on us. Like, yeah. Oh, black people are bad. Like I, re- like I said, I read some of that poem, and it's talking about like, oh, the savages, blah 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 blah. And it's like, but in your work, you're always talking about, oh, humans don't understand it, so they attack it. So mm-hmm. again, maybe it's a subconscious thing that was going on with him. I mean, art- artists are tend to be very um complex. Yeah. And very hypocritical. Like humans by nature are hypocritical. So you'll see that in a lot of artists' works is that the things that they dislike most about themselves are the things that they put into their work. Mm-hmm. And I think another interesting thing is going back to the void is this doctor didn't truly understand what he was messing with. Yeah. You know, like he was saying, I can use this void. Like you don't know where you're going. You don't know what it is. You don't really know anything about it, but you're using it for a selfish reason. So I feel like it's either a human or human nature to either want to destroy yeah. or you trying to take it, but you're taking it for selfish, selfish reasons. reasons. You're not really trying to understand truly what it, the nature of it is supposed to be Yeah. because this man was using it for purely selfish reasons and he was harming others in the process of using it for selfish reasons. Yeah. And then in the end, it came back to bite him. Did it bite him? Yeah, because he just ended up in the void. But was that, wasn't that his goal? I don't think that was his goal. I think his goal was to be on Earth and to be, you know, with his monster daughter. daughter, But now he's trapped in this void. Okay. Um, That that was my understanding. Maybe I'm wrong. I need to watch the void explained or something. Um, So yeah. So any final thoughts or? Um, I'm looking forward. I think they have a movie called um, coming out by inspired by him again called The Mountains of Madness. Mm -hmm. That's a film that's being made. I think has a pretty large budget. So it's gonna be one of the larger films inspired by him and i'm looking forward to seeing that to see what they do with it yeah um yeah i look forward to that too so that was this week's episode of that brooklyn film show we will be back this uh next week with our next mini episode reviewing lovecraft country episode three remember to rate review subscribe wherever you can and thank you bye-bye thank you